So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. The SND Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar. Listen to Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. I am Jay back at you, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. This is the big one. This is episode number 50, 5 and I'm not talking about the popo. Yeah, that was corny, but so what? Um, <laughs> it's episode 50. I'm having a good time. It's going to be a great show, and I got two very special guests with me. Um just right here, right now. Welcome, Sammy Muniz, back to the show. Sammy, what's up, brother? Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, of course, man. The pleasure's always mine. And a dude who, it's kind of become an inside joke for us, but it's, it's pretty funny. And it's actually accurate, which is also makes it very funny. Making his yearly SummerSlam appearance on the show. He has been on every SummerSlam preview show I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> in the past probably four or five years that I've been doing this show. Hector Ghost Rivera. Heck, what's up, brother? Welcome back. Hey, what's going on, brother? Thanks for having me back. It's always good to hear you. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, so the gist of the show, like I said, this is a SummerSlam preview show. SummerSlam is this Sunday on the network, I'm assuming at seven o'clock with like a three or five hour preview show. So they're going to have 19 hours of wrestling in one day. Um, <laughs> but before that, we got NXT TakeOver 30 with some interesting matches and a gimmick match, which a lot of people have been getting uh, talking about and we will get into tonight. Um, also, uh, some other things that went down, the unfortunate passing of Kamala, age 70, this past week. Um, we're going to get into some Kamala memories um, and we'll we'll briefly speak on AEW because All Out is uh, a few weeks away. However, they just have one match listed so far and it is for the AEW championship with Jon Moxley defending against the up and coming MJF. Um, um, but before that, guys, um, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes, which is the pro wrestling aspect of the show. Let's talk about some UFC real quick. Um, UFC 252 was this past weekend, and um, we had the heavyweight championship defended by Stipe Miocic defeating Daniel Cormier by unanimous decision. Um, did you guys see the fight? Yeah, I saw it. Um, I I could have I could have been okay if it was a draw. To be honest, um, 
when when a person has one eye and you're not putting them away and the guy's just hitting you constantly with the right hand with the right hand to your face yeah it, it, it's hard for me to just give you the fight or to say you know what you convincingly won to me i actually had um I gave the, I, I, it was 2-2, I had it going into the fifth round, and I actually gave that fifth round to uh to DC, Daniel yeah. Cormier. But um, I could see it going to um to the champ, but it, it like it would have been better served as a draw. This is one of those moments that a draw would have been the best decision. I, myself, I, I unfortunately didn't see the fight. I only saw the highlights that I could find online, plus Every side I went to was just talking about the eye poke. Uh, mm. It kind of made the fight a little difficult for DC. Um, going into it, I was rooting for DC just because outside of John Jones, he's probably my favorite fighter. I think he's probably hands down one of the best there is. Um, but I knew that it could have gone either way. You know, they, they each had a win. They're both fantastic fighters. Stipe is an amazing striker. Obviously, DC is more kind of grinds you out and does his wrestling. But uh, they both have fantastic wins over each other. So it could have won either way. Yeah, uh, the, the, the eye poke is interesting because the, the funny thing is a lot of people, and I think Chell Sonnen in particular said on his uh, YouTube channel, that that in the pro wrestling world would have been known as a receipt because I think DC caught Stipe in the eye in the first round. And then, um, <laughs> and then in the second round, Stipe caught him back, <laughs> but only Stipe's eye poke yeah. was a little bit more damaging. Um, he actually, I think they said he tore his cornea or something like that. So it was pretty, yeah, pretty bad. bad. It was a bad eye poke. And I mean, eye pokes have been pretty rampant in MMA with, you know, with the fingerless gloves and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, I'd say it was the more, uh, technical fight out of the three. Cause the first fight, I mean, DC just caught him with that right hand and just knocked him out in the first round. It took steep a four rounds in the second fight to take out DC when he just started hitting him in the body and catching him in his gut. And then finally catching him with like an overhand and DC was gone. But this one, but similar to what Sammy said, I agree. If you, you know, you almost finished him in the second round. You pretty much took one eye away. You should have finished him. I, he, I think he took the easy route of, like, cage control and just getting points, which is fine. I mean, it, you know, it got him the win. It wasn't the most exciting way to get the win, but, you know, it, it, it kept him the title. Um, and usually when you're in there with a champion, if you don't dominate him and it goes to the scorecards, the champion is usually keeping the belt. Um so, so I say it wouldn't be my favorite fight out of the trilogy, but um, <laughs> but definitely, you know, and it was technically the retirement fight of Daniel Cormier, who, yeah, he is one of the best that ever did it. And and to think he, he was just a wrestler and he developed his striking later on, had power in his hands. Um, I, I'd say he was better than, than his teammate was, Cain Velasquez, even though Cain in his prime was, was a beast. But I think Daniel Cormier was on a different level in terms of the striking and the wrestling, the way he put it together, you know. And I think in a shorter period of time, because DC really hasn't been in the game that long, if you think about it. He went from strike force right into the UFC and just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. So, you know, hats off to him if that was his last fight. You know, congrats to him on his career and 
Let's see what he, you know, he, he's a great commentator, so he's probably going to keep on commentating. Um, so, which, which brings us to the question that everybody is wondering, because everybody's saying with that win, Stipe Miocic is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Now, I, I would question it differently. Is he the greatest heavyweight in the UFC's history or in MMA's history? Because obviously you have guys like Fedor, Emelianenko, that everybody considers uh, a heavyweight GOAT. You have guys like in the UFC, like Randy Couture, um, um, you know, other champions that they've had. Uh, who do you guys think is the greatest heavyweight probably in, in MMA history? I don't know so much about saying, you know, well, I guess it all depends on who you ask. Obviously, this is based on people's preferences and fighting styles and who their competition was. My personal favorite has always been Fedor. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you want to say he used the greatest or one of the greatest stuff to do it, I guess that all depends, again, on who you're talking to. But I think Stipe's he's great, but I think he's great for this period of time. I don't know if I'm going to say he's the greatest. To, to, you know, to call somebody the GOAT, you got to go through the history and compare them to everybody who, who's been in that division and who their competition has been against. And, and it is, it's weird. It's, just, it's kind of difficult to, to put everyone side by side and compare them and who had the better wins. That's why I just say my favorite. My favorite yeah. has always just been Fedor. What do you think, Sam? Well... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Fedor is in the conversation, but I'm gonna say DC is up there too because DC's two losses um, really came to uh, John Jones. Um, that third loss with um, with Stipe uh, kind of had its own questionable moments where the referee, some referees would have called it in the second fight when DC had Stipe down. Yeah, um, I'm glad that they didn't, but. Um, it, Kind of, it, it would have been okay if it would have been called right there when Stipe went down. Um, it would have kept him undefeated at heavyweight. Um, and it just, he was versatile. He was able to go to light heavyweight and heavyweight and have no problems. He was even stronger at heavyweight. Um, Stipe is more a fighter of the moment. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a good fighter. But the thing is, his performance with DC in this last one, and even the, the the prior fight he had with DC, very showed a lot of holes, and I would need to see him dominate Ngahu, which uh, I think was named by uh, by Dana White as the the next opponent. Yeah, he's he's, have he's definitely the dominator. He's definitely the next fight. Yeah, because I think uh, in in reference to what John Jones uh, comment about moving up and and giving up his belt, I think uh, he thought he was going to get the next shot, and I think. Uh, Dana White, I saw something somewhere where Dana White may have uh, said Ngannou gets the next fight. But I would have to see that, the domination of Ngannou, and then I have to see the domination or at least a competitive fight against Jones for well, me to then put him in that conversation. Well, you could you could, you could could rewind maybe two years ago and see Stipe defeat Francis Ngannou in that first fight, which was back and forth. It wasn't a dominating victory, but it was back and forth and... It, he definitely won a unanimous decision against against Ngannou the first time, but but who's to say Ngannou didn't get better since then and maybe tweak that's, some things? That's, that's yeah. where so, that's, when yeah. Ngannou 
just really beat Rosenstruck. Yeah. And I I was uh, horrified by the way he beat um <laughs> uh what the what's the Dutch guy? Uh, over him. Over him. Over him, yeah. Uh, the way he just kept kept taking his hits and then just put him out uh, and uh, gave him that gash. I was like, wow. And then Nganu just came out and just took him out in seconds. So I was like, wow. He did it he to Velasquez well. too. He took he took Kane out in like six seconds. Yeah. He's just a destroyer. He's just a beast. <laughs> but Ningano's thing was, if you remember his, his um, early fights, he kind of, he would look fierce and then he looked like he would back off and then he would look fierce again and like something confidence-wise would go away. And it looks like he's kind of resolved it. He's, he's kind of there and he's just like going with the moment. Yeah. Um, he's, he's probably grown. So it's interesting. I would have to see him dominate him beat him the second time, and then I will have to see him beat Jones. And then I could say, you know what? Perhaps he is one of the greatest, you know? Yeah. I mean, they go they go by that because he has the most title defenses, which is just one more than what Brock Lesnar had at, at, when he was champion. Uh, Vladimir Klitschko had a lot of title defenses. Doesn't mean he's one yeah, of the greatest. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> Klitschko was in a horrible time in boxing for heavyweights. It was like he there was nobody to fight. <laughs> <laughs> until until Anthony Joshua showed up and then, you know, Tyson Fury and all these other guys. And then uh, out of nowhere, the Klitschko's uh, retired, um, which tells you something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that brings me to John Jones. Um, we had a, a, a brief discussion a few years back, I believe, with uh, me, Ghost, and Izzy when um, Jones called out Brock Lesnar after his second win over D.C., and it was rumored that the next fight, it was, you know, Jones and Lesnar at heavyweight. Now, that was years ago. It didn't happen. So fast-forwarding to now that John Jones is officially moving up to heavyweight, how do we see a heavyweight John Jones? When Jones, yeah, he's, he's dynamic with his strikes. He always has been. His wrestling is unbelievable. He has range like, like crazy. However, he didn't have the most power in his hands. Now, moving up to heavyweight, how does his lack of one-punch knockout power translate into the heavyweight division with all these monsters up there? How do you guys see that working out? Well, the good thing about Jones is that he, he could, I think he's, he's also a smart fighter. He knows he doesn't have one-punch knockout power. He, 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 he's a guy who, who fights with an accumulation of, of, of hits. That's why he, you know, he hits you with everything. You know, you get the knees, you get the elbows, you get the, the back fist, you get the spinning kicks. He just has so many weapons that I don't I, I don't think that'll be a problem for him. Um I I actually think he'll do really well in heavyweight. Especially that when he does go to heavyweight, he's not gonna have to work his way up to whoever the champion is. Yeah. So he's gonna kinda go in sort of fresh into a, a division where he's not, where he hasn't taken the abuse of guys who he might have had to fight had he been working his way up, like Zingano or, or, or Curtis Blatties or Overeem or maybe Junior Dos Santos or Derek Lewis. You know, these guys who, even though he might beat them, he'll take, he'll take you know, some wear and tear that by the time he gets to the champion, a couple of those hits would have probably taken him out. But I think he, he has enough weapons that he could go up against anybody and beat him right now. I, like I think 
I, I agree. I, I think he's going to do really good. And um, we go back to the whole DC thing. DC himself said he felt more powerful when he would fight heavyweight versus light heavyweight. It could mm. be the, tr- the same thing. Remember, um, John Jones has three brothers, or is it two brothers, that are professional athletes that are bigger than him? Yeah, in the, um, in the, in the NFL, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he, he could have he could inherit that mass, and maybe perhaps he's been keeping himself slimmer. So maybe without having to control the weight and, and be more relaxed, he probably produces more power than people think. Plus, he has, he has what, uh, you know, you know, he has that, that it factor because he's not one-dimensional. Most of the people in the heavyweight division are one-dimensional. The reason Brock Lesnar was able to take the championship in the heavyweight division was because he wrestled. Not too many people wrestling. There were just stand-up fighters. They were one-dimensional. So now you bring in somebody with all the tools, with more than just that one dimension, Who's to say that his kicks don't put people out? Who's to say that his elbows don't get even more fierce? Who's to say that his chokeouts or his strength in his arms will be more that he could just choke out a 300-pound or a 250-pound heavyweight? Yeah. He also has his height that plays a, a major factor. Oh, yeah. Benefit. So he has, uh, he has a long reach. He's tall. You know, that, 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 that's all a, a plus for him. Yeah. And he knows how to use it too. I mean, the, the funny thing about that, it, it didn't really work out for his uh, his former uh, fighting mate there, Alexander Gustaf- Gustafson. <laughs> people the, people yeah, thought no, he, he would have done well at heavyweight. He got taken it, out real quick. I honestly feel just Jones is, is at another level, man. Regardless of like all, uh, all the controversy he's gone through outside of the the octagon when he's in the octagon he's one of the smartest fighters I, I, i've ever seen yeah like he knows he knows you know when he can be aggressive when to pull back when to make it a five round fight when to make it you know a three round fight you know he knows that whether or not he needs to put this guy away right away because he might get hurt or just drag it out you know and again he when he fought dc which was one of the things i found the most impressive he was able to out wrestle DC, yeah, which I didn't think would be a what was something he could do. So that was another level to his game, which I don't even think he scratched the surface on his wrestling. So if he ever wanted to incorporate that, you know, if he's afraid, which I doubt, you know, what I'm saying this, but I doubt he is afraid. But if he was ever afraid to get hit by one of these guys, he could just always wrestle him, take yeah. him down, and once he gets him down, you know his his ground and pound is fierce. Yeah. Do you think in Jones's last two fights, uh, in particular Dominic Reyes and and Tiago Santos, uh, I believe, um, do you think either Jones didn't take those two guys either too seriously, or is he kind of declining, getting into his thirties? I, I don't think he's declining. I don't think he's declining yet. I think he's reaching his prime right now. Usually 30 is uh, your prime in fighting. Um, you're more into the decline around 35 or so. Um, I think it was more of maybe the weight. Maybe he's not able to make that weight anymore. Maybe it takes a toll on his body, trying to lose the weight and then going to the fight. Yeah. Um, it could be that. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not in his body, but um, it, you have a good, you know, a good reason saying that maybe he took them lightly, which... To me, 
could also be acceptable because even um yeah, I heard of one of the fighters, but then the other fighter I really didn't hear of. When yeah. when um Yago was his name, I really hadn't heard of him. So yeah. I didn't know who he was. Dominic Reyes I had heard of. I had seen him up and coming and stuff. But Tiago, I was like, who's this guy? And the guy, so sometimes, like, Roy, uh, Roy Jones, well, no, not Roy Jones. Floyd Mayweather said it best. He said, sometimes the guys you don't know are the ones that are the most dangerous. Yeah. Because you don't know how to prepare for them. And, yeah, and, I, don't, and, I, don't think, I don't think he took them lightly either. I think, uh, I just think that the guy, everyone's out, everyone else has been just stepping it up. Everyone knows that they, they need to win. They need to prove something. They Everybody wants to be the one to, just like you mentioned Floyd Mayweather, everybody wants to be the one to, to take, to knock the guy off the, the mountaintop. So I just think it, it, it's everyone else's game that just got that much better. Everyone's been preparing for John Jones. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it should be interesting seeing him at heavyweight. Now, l- last on him, does he wait? For the winner of Engano and 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 Stipe, or does he take a one heavyweight fight first? And if so, who would no, y'all want to see him fight? No, just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah, just wait. He's too big a name. Who, who's gonna fight? <laughs> he's gonna prove. He's gonna prove. Yeah. If anybody goes to watch another heavyweight fight, which <clears throat> is because of John Jones. Mm-hmm. Besides Derek Lewis, there's no one else in the in heavyweight division that that's entertaining right now. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's true. Yeah, Rosen just got he got a win against JDS that night. Um, so I mean, Junior Dos Santos had his time in the sun, and now it looks like he's gonna be off riding off into the Bellator <laughs> area if he keeps on getting uh those L's. But you know, guess it happens to everybody that comes out of that steroid era of MMA, huh? <laughs> Have you seen him lately, though? Yo, he he he's a totally different looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> yo, J- J- yo, JDS back when he was on the roids, yeah, that one the, he'll just look at you and you're just melt. <laughs> now you look at him, he got the dad bod going and stuff. It's like it's, it's funny to see. But you know No, but that award, that steroid award definitely goes to Wolverine. Oh my god, yeah. He was he was <laughs> When you out Royd Brock, you're 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 something else. <laughs> that, that dude was on Royd, he was another species. Uh, it's just not even anymore. Yeah, he was he was on a whole nother level. Well, Vitor Belfort was up there too for a while when he was killing people at middleweight. <laughs> so, Vitor looks like that. That dude's a stud, bro. He's looking jacked all over again. Did you notice when Vitor came out uh, with Mike Tyson at AEW that one time? <laughs> Mike Tyson was surrounded. Oh, yeah. He was surrounded by by former UFC fighters and the current, like, at the time, because Cejudo didn't retire yet. But he had Henry Cejudo. And then he had Vitor Belfort, Rashad Evans, who had dreads. I'm like, whoa, that's Rashad Evans? And then, <laughs> yeah. and then it was somebody else. And I was just like, holy shit. He's surrounded by a bunch of UFC guys. When they were trying to reenact the uh, Tyson Austin moment, that was WWE. so bad. It was so bad. That was yeah, bad. Was. <laughs> Tyson couldn't rip his shirt. He was trying to rip it. It wasn't ripping. Jericho's just doing his thing, and I'm like, okay, these guys are trying I'm a like, little too hard. Why aren't we prepping these shirts for Tyson? Come on, give him the Hogan treatment. Yeah, yeah. that little slit. You gotta give top. him the cut, the little cut on the top. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is funny. Well, speaking of Mike Tyson, and then from there we'll get into the NXT TakeOver card. Uh, no, sorry. We'll get into some uh, uh, memories of Kamala. Tyson's back. He's fighting Roy Jones Jr. sometime toward the end of the year. Who do you guys got? <laughs> I'm not going to go too much into this. I'm just going to say Tyson. Yeah, absolutely. Who you got, Sam? <laughs> Tyson, if it's a knockout or knockdown in the first four. But um, Roy Jones, if it goes the distance. Because Roy Jones is... Um, Roy, Roy Jones, I can't even speak right now. Roy Jones was active about a year ago in a professional fight, so he has more condition. Oh, yeah. I think I think Roy is definitely going to have uh, way less ring rust than, than Tyson will. You I, know, Roy Jones and, 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 and uh, Fedor have the, the similarities, you know, because they, have, they stood around too long. They were great, and then they stood around too long, so now this generation sees them losing, getting the ass whooped. So. Yeah. It takes away from their legendary status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some yeah, people sure. some people felt Tyson stayed too long when he was losing to like guys like Kevin McBride and 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 other like heavyweight Danny bums. Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> um, did. but I think Tyson just is on a different mindset. I think he's totally clear headed for the first time in a long time, which is scary that that dude is you know can actually think like properly and um <laughs> and um he, he's in amazing shape and the last thing that goes away is that power and if he's able to connect on Roy's chin one time with a hook or an uppercut or something like that i think roy's going to sleep nice and quick <laughs> the only advantage i think jones uh might have is that i think i read it's not like a straight up fight i think it's just like an exhibition yeah yeah, so they're probably they not going to go, go 100%. Yeah, if they're going to go in there and just kind of throw around and like, you know, 60, 75% or whatever, then, you know, unless Tyson just goes in there and he kind of gets a flashback and just goes nuts. <laughs> PTSD? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Tyson can say what he wants, but that dude is a killer, bro. He that sees Holyfield? <laughs> That bell rings, bro. It's like it's like throwing the the damn Christians to the lions. That dude's just gonna go wild. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when um what was his face uh Foreman when Foreman he had an exhibition he fought like five dudes and he was just knocking guys on and they started fighting with him like throwing fisticuffs and almost knocking him down. Well, they did knock him down. He got up, he knocked down the guy, he <laughs> goes down. <laughs> And the whole time, Muhammad Ali was taunting him in the corner. So, yeah, so <laughs> it, it depends on the exhibition fight. Yeah. If people are going to really throw down or not, you know? So funny. So funny. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm Tyson's probably my favorite boxer of all time. So, I, I, I'm just excited to see him back in the ring. Um, yeah. So, on to, you know, some some somber stuff, some, some sad news. Uh, we lost Kamala this past week, uh, 70 years old. Um, obviously he made his debut a long, long time ago <laughs> in the early eighties. He was known as sugar bear Harris. And then he became the Mississippi mauler when he was wrestling in the UK. Um, and then he went to Memphis, Tennessee to work for Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler. And Jerry Lawler is the one who came up with the gimmick of the Ugandan headhunter Kamala. Um, and since then, he was he was a killer going through the territories, going through, you know, the NWA and 
heading on to the to the WWE. He did some stuff for the NWA. He worked all throughout the world, Japan, UK, everywhere. Had a couple of run-ins in the WWF in the 80s with Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. He, he feuded with a lot of people. But a lot of people remember the, the kind of jovial, joking character of Kamala when, you know, he was kind of, you know, and hitting his belly and, you know, and, you know, doing silly things and stuff like that. Um, so for you guys, uh, I guess I'll start with Ghost because you said you had a couple of stories in particular that, that you remember. Um, what are your fond memories and, and first memories, I guess, of uh, the Ugandan giant, Kamala? Well, two things. Well, it's three things, really. One is my reaction to being a kid and first seeing Kamala and honestly scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> because I remember this dude being huge. He's like six, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... He was advertised as being over like, you know, 400 pounds or whatever. And just seeing this guy with this paint and with kimchi, you know, just, <laughs> just coming out. And, and as a kid, I'm like, is this like, like, you know, when we were kids, we thought this was real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm yeah. Like, is this dude legit? Like, and is this dude like, did they really go out to like some sort of jungle and get this dude? And... <laughs> So I remember, you know, and then I get older and I'm, I started appreciating it as a character. And I'm like, yeah, this dude is legit. Like, he, he he played this gimmick so well that he actually had me convinced that he was just some dude they found in the jungle somewhere. Um, one of the moments that I remember, and it was more of a, uh, of a blooper, was an interview that he had with Mean Gene. And apparently he was supposed to do an interview the night before and he never showed up. Mm. for the interview and mean gene totally broke character <laughs> and started telling him yo where the hell were you at you were supposed to do this interview <laughs> and they're live <laughs> Kamala, Kamala who was in character totally walks off screen off the shot to start laughing <laughs> and then comes back and in like the most perfect English, tells him straight up, "I was at the hotel." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I need to see that clip. <laughs> dude, you probably need to it. It's hysterical, dude. It, it's like a, a two to three minute video clip between them two talking, and it's so funny. That is hilarious. Um, and then the second memory is actually a match with him versus Taker, who you know I love Undertaker. He's my favorite of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, at Survivor Series. And it was the first time I saw Kamala scared. And mm -hmm. I thought it was hysterical because, you know, he's usually the one to, you know, be the aggressor and be the one who's imposing his, his, his size on, on his opponent. And Undertaker, you know, is not only taller, but Undertaker, this is, you know, original Taker. Like yeah, this, dead is, man. this is like zom zombie Taker, yeah. Zombie Taker, you know, moving slow and his head is snapping to the side. And... He keeps throwing his hands up like he's about to <laughs> chop him, like the great Kali kind of does. But Undertaker's not phased, and the Undertaker just keeps walking straight to him. <laughs> and Kamal runs out of the ring, and Taker follows him outside of the ring. And he keeps, keeps like running towards Taker to do the chopper. Then he keeps getting scared, so he runs away. <laughs> and Taker's like doing like that, that, um, that Jason Voorhees walk, where he's yeah. walking super slow, but <laughs> he catches up. <laughs> and it's 
I just thought that was hysterical. I thought that was a great storytelling by those two guys. I'm surprised Taker was able to stay in character because I, I would have been dying <laughs> seeing this dude. That is funny. But yeah, man. Those, those were my those those were the minute I, I I heard the news. Those were the kinds of things that I that came to my you know came to mind as a kid growing up watching this guy. And I think I even might have run into him at a at a convention. Mm. Uh, one of meet and greets, um, and and being disappointed in myself, you know, not taking the opportunity to to get on the line and you know get a signature, because now these guys are gone, you know, and, and, and it's kind of sad because they did. It might have been a very small role, but they they do play a role in in, in your life growing up. You know, you think oh, about yeah. it oh, as yeah. an adult, and you're like, you know, I used to sit around and you know watch these guys perform and. Even now, you go onto the network and you could look these guys up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember this match. You know, I laughed at this match, or I was scared about this, and you know, it's stuff like that." Yeah, it's, he's gone. Yeah. Well, well, what memories you got, Sam? I think Ghost hit it on the on the head. Um, those those memories. Um, I I vaguely remember the first time before he fought Hulk Hogan at a nice main event. I think I saw him on NWA. Uh, my dad used to watch NWA, and I was like, what the hell is that thing? I was a kid. <laughs> and then, um, but my thing is, um, the memory, you're right, Ghost, the, the memory of, of that little small moment, because nowadays everyone flips, and that match with The Undertaker, there was a story there. And that's yeah. what was memorable about it. You can't, I don't remember the 5,000 flips that people do nowadays. Yeah, because everybody know? does it. But I, I still re- <laughs> Yeah, but I still remember that chop, I'm going to run. I'm scared. I don't want to get in the casket. This gigantic, yeah. fearless guy who all of a sudden is afraid of this moving zombie just coming to him. So, yeah, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, it's it's always sad. Like Go said, when, when you come across uh, someone you've seen, you know, growing up, and it, it's it's every year we lose at least a few of these guys, and, and it always hits you know, a part of you, like, damn, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I remember Kamala, I mean, me, I'm, I'm kind of younger than you guys, but at the same time, I'm still kind of close in age. So with me, I remember Kamala and Taker feuding. And then I remember him going to WCW being a part of the dungeon of doom for a little while. Um, and, um, it was just the Dungeon of Doom was just a crazy faction altogether with all the misfits that they had in that group. Um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember him going there and then just having seen uh, I, I rewatched like maybe a few months back the the world class um, uh, documentary world class championship wrestling from out in Texas. And uh, I, I to, to my surprise, there's Kamala back in like 1985 feuding with the Von Erics. So on the low, this dude has feuded with everyone <laughs> from the 80s, the 90s. And he even had, I think, his last match in WWE was against Umaga in 2006. You know what I mean? So this guy has been around forever. And those are the type dude, of larger-than-life characters you remember. My fault for cutting you off. I just, cause you, you, you said him versus Umaga, and I just watched that uh, maybe like 20 minutes ago. Uh, no way. Like 30 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was just watching that on the network. Yeah, so it's I mean the this it's a it's a legendary character that just you know real like legit 
fans are just not going to forget and, you know, sucks. Yeah, obviously, due to diabetes, he lost both of his legs. So he was, you know, it, it stuck to, you know, confined to a wheelchair for, I guess, the last 10 years or so. So, you know, it's a shame. But rest in peace to the Ugandan giant Kamala. Um, Now, there was one other death that happened this past week. Uh, it was, you know, on the independent side of things. Um, Ghost, I'm pretty sure you will probably be familiar with this guy. Sam, were you familiar with... Xavier. No, I wasn't, unfortunately. Yeah, he was more of a local, like, New York independent wrestler uh, in the early, I'd say late 90s into the mid-2000s. Former Ring of Honor world champion back in, like, 2003, 2004. Um, And he was also, I think, a coach for House of Glory um, for a little while. Um, he also did MMA. He dabbled in MMA, had a few fights. Um, didn't he? He did some Ring of Honor too, right? Yeah, yeah. He was the champ for a little while. I think he feuded with. I think he feuded with guys like Loki and 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 Joe and Christopher Daniels. He was a part of that early crop of Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, I remember seeing matches of him in the Independence. You know, I had DVDs of random. I used to go to this spot in Yonkers called Suncoast Video. And, uh, and they used to have a bunch of, uh, and FYE, and they used to have a bunch of, like, independent wrestling DVDs, and I would just see all these guys that I didn't know who they were, but uh, fast forward 20 years, they're all over your WWE television, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Chris, uh, a bunch of these guys. Um, yeah, and Xavier was in that crop of guys, so uh, he died at the age of, like, 40, I want to say. He was in his, four, like, early 40s, so. That's a shame. Um, so enough of the sad stuff. We're going to get into some good stuff, <laughs> happy stuff. Um, we're going to get into the NXT TakeOver 30 card in about five seconds. I will be right. Well, not I. We will be right back. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and you are feasting your ears on Jay's Week and Wrestling Podcast. Right, all right, we are back. <laughs> Very short break. I had to just get my little plug out there. <laughs> but um, we are here to talk NXT TakeOver 30, which is, I believe, on Saturday um, on the WWE Network. Um, got some interesting matches on this card. One match in particular that has garnered a lot of attention uh, because it's a gimmick match with uh, an outside an outsider, to, to, to put it lightly. Um, so first off, th- I mean, this match, I'm not sure if it's going to be on the actual show or it's going to be aired like on the next week's episode of NXT. They've always done that with a match that wasn't on the pay-per-view, but was on the same day. Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. Um, these are two guys who were in the running to be in the North American championship ladder match, but didn't make it in. Um, Finn Balor, I mean... He's Finn Balor <laughs> and Timothy Thatcher is, you know, a, a wrestling machine of sorts with a little bit of a 
crazy edge to him. Who do you guys have in that match? Um, this actually caught me by surprise, this match. Um, I wasn't expecting it to... I really thought that they were going to be using Finn on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going on with Finn. I guess they just got too many other storylines going on right now, Phil. But, uh... I guess I got to give it to Finn just because I know he's been, he has been pushed here and there, but then he'll kind of like disappear for like a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but he'll come back and like, he still has the same momentum as he had before he disappeared. But it's like, they don't want you to forget him, but like, we don't really have anything for him right now. <laughs> but you know, when he comes back, <laughs> we're going to, you know, shove him down your throat. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, you know, Thatcher doesn't need to win. Thatcher, like you were saying, the rest of the machine, you can kind of put him in anything. He's just one of those workhorses. He could, he's there just to make guys look good. Of course, you know, you, he's going to make himself look good. So he's definitely a great heel. Um, I think there should be an entertaining fight. But yeah, I, I think I'll go with Finn. Yeah. I definitely think this is going to be on the pay-per-view. Okay. Um, Finn Balor's a marquee name. He's won the universal title before, so I don't think they're going to scratch this one out. And uh, you made a great point about Thatcher being a worker, but I don't think it's this is for Thatcher to make Finn Balor look good. This is for Thatcher. This is for Finn to make Thatcher look good. I think Finn wins, but I think it's, uh, it's uh, one of those situations where the loser is actually the winner because if he performs the way he's supposed to perform, He'll be um, he'll be elevated to the next level. Possibly he'll be the next contestant to fight for the NXT North American Championship. You know, they they I think they want to prompt him up without uh, taking away from Finn and seeing how he would do at the level with someone who's main evented on the actual main card. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, just to be Actually, just to be different, I, I'll pick Thatcher. Uh, just like for an upset win. Um, I, I'd say maybe, or, or even I'll say Finn Balor wins probably by disqualification because Thatcher has some sort of submission on him and he just won't let it go. One of those type of situations, um, because he is kind of a loose cannon and I think he'll probably just get Finn in a situation and he'll probably just like old school Ken Shamrock, just snap and not let go of a hold. Um, I, I could see that happening as well, but I agree. I think there's going to be a very good match. And if it is the opener, I think, you know, they'll set the pace and the stage for for a, a pretty decent card. Definitely. So <laughs> this triple threat tag match is if Finn and that if uh Balor and Thatcher open the show, then this match will definitely bring the crowd back down just a little bit. We got Breezango <laughs> we, <was> got... <laughs> <laughs> we got Breezango versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch versus Legado de Fantasma, which is uh, Joaquin Wilde and, um, oh, man, I forgot the other dude's name. Mendoza. Mendoza, Mendoza, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, triple threat match, uh, triple threat tag team match. Who do you guys got? Legado de Fantasma. Yeah, I agree. I say right there, you, know, you know how I feel about Lucha Libre in general. It's, my, it's one of my favorites of all styles. Um, I love what what they're doing with these guys. I like the fact that he came in saying you guys have taken 
you've taken the style of my ancestors and you've made it look bad. You've mm-hmm. made it a sideshow. And it's that's not what this is. We're going to show you what Lucha Libre is. And they made them gangster, bro. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, it's a good-looking group. Name, his name is Pablo Escobar. I was like, you can't get more gangster than that. Like, two of the most gangster names put together. He looks fantastic. They, 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 they're experienced. They know how to move around in the ring. They've adapted to this American style. They sort of got that blend of Lucha Libre and uh, WWE style. Yeah. And it's working for them. You know, and the dude, at least uh, El Hijo de Fantasma, he's able, or Pablo Escobar, uh, he's able to uh, speak a decent amount of English. So yeah, he speaks, he speaks good English, unlike Andrade. Which, he speaks very good English. <laughs> which is all, yeah. Which is the only thing that holds these guys back. That you mm-hmm. know, WWE is more on the entertainment than it's so much as, as it's more entertainment than what you can actually do physically in the ring. Yep. Because you know anybody could do moves, but you got you got to have that that extra it factor. You know. Yeah, for sure. And he's well. I'm so I was like shocked at how well they they've been doing. I think the change came at a good time, too, because I don't think El Hijo del Fantasma was actually getting over, uh, you know, with the with the mask and all that stuff. I, I mean, honestly, his character is correct because you look at Lucha House Party and, you know, I mean, they've they've been they've been turned into a joke. They've been turned into a joke putting those guys together. And you know those guys are good. I mean, Kalisto by himself is good. Uh, Grand Matalik is a legend in Japan. I mean, not Japan in Mexico. Um, and the other one, the Puerto Rican dude, the the Golden Links, uh, uh, Dorado. He's he's good too. And they turned them into maraca shaking freaking. You know, uh, it, it's just bad, yeah, they, man. They, they turned uh, Dorado into the only Mexican, bro. I remember when, and I, and I don't mean that in an offensive way. I mean that in that, like, when it was uh, literally Cinco de Mayo, they put him on the website to celebrate Mexico. I was like, dude has a huge-ass Puerto Rican tattoo on his He's song. Puerto Rican, yeah. Like, I was like, you know he's Puerto Rican, right? I was like, why do you have plenty of Mexican? Isn't that like Conan? Like Conan is Cuban? Conan is Cuban yeah. and Puerto Rican. He's There's nothing Mexican about him, but he's a Mexican oh, legend. Yeah. <laughs> Except where he wrestled that. That's where he just made his career. Yeah. But I'm like, you got plenty of, like, legitimate Mexicans on your roster, and you're going to put this guy to promote Cinco de Mayo just because he has a mask on. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was like, the only Trump move I've ever seen. That's like when Sincada was there, too. Uh, not not the original, because he didn't last long. But when uh when Unico took on the, the, the costume and stuff, he had a decent run, you know, with Kalisto as the as the dragons and stuff. But by himself, I mean, you know, it was uh, just just floating, you not mean doing anything. Tinta de oro, huh? No, now he's Tinta de Oro. Yeah, yeah. They they all change the name <laughs> when they get out of the WWE. They they go in a different route. Like even the original well, Mystico is not Mystico anymore. He couldn't even get that name again because they gave it to somebody else. Yeah, because that's the thing about Mexico is like it's not really so much about you, but the mask that you're representing. So the yeah. minute that Cincado WWE, oh uh, excuse me, he was Mystico, he was Mystico, and he went to WWE and became Cincada. 
they was like, all right, well, we're going to give the Mexico name to somebody else. To somebody else, And yep. he's going to continue with the tradition. But then when he got let go, he tried to come back and take his name back. And they're like, no, we they're already like, gave it to somebody. Yep. So he became Caristico. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then now he's Caristico. Then Unico leaves and he goes and he's like, well, I'm not going to be Sincara over there. So I'm going to adapt somebody else's name. And he became Cinta de Oro. Mm. The and one, the one, now, Ghost, you could probably tell me more probably than anyone because you're huge into Lucha Libre. Um, the La Parca that passed away a little while back wasn't the La Parca that we that we know no. from WCW and 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 ECW and stuff like that. Why did no? Why did they have multiple La Parcas? Why, why did they? It, this, I I understand the he's LA Park now, and he's been LA Park for the past like maybe decade plus, but. But why did they need to give La Parca to somebody else? It was almost, I think there's like three of them. There's like three variations of them. But Mexico's just like that sometimes. Like you either become a version of a certain character or you become the son of that character. Mm. So like El Hijo del Fantasma, he's called that because his father was El Fantasma and he couldn't take on the same name because his father was still fighting. So he became the son of Fantasma. Yeah, yeah, and that was just pretty much like the way WWE will say like um, Charlotte Flair, you know, just by saying Flair, you know, oh, she's the daughter of Ric Flair, so it automatically gives them that 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 extra credibility. Mm-hmm. So when you get somebody who comes in who's maybe trained with La Parca or is related to La Parca, and you want them to get over right away. You, 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 in Mexico, you just give them the name or you give them a variation of the name so that way people can associate you to this other guy who's already been established. Yeah. It's like El Hijo de Santo or, you know, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. or, you know, all these other. Exactly. Rey Mysterio oh, Jr., just, who Rey Mysterio took it from his uncle. Meanwhile, his I, cousin, the dude's son, just, is El Hijo de Rey Mysterio. <laughs> so it's like. Of all these be, different variations. About his son now. His son is going to carry on. Well, at least from an interview that I that I read, he's going to carry on the Mysterio name. So he'll be Dominic Mysterio, and he says that he would even like to wear a mask too. Mm. So we'll see where WWE goes. WWE goes with that. I don't know why it's so hard to say that sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's when you try to say it fast, it kind of like stumbles. Listen, um, man, I still see Dominic as a Guerrero, bro. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's Eddie's son, man. <laughs> Dude, honestly, that was one of the most awkward <laughs> yeah. one. I ever said. Like I, I watched it, and it was just, it was awkward for me. I tell you this though, it was yeah, probably yeah. Eddie's best work as a heel, though. I tell you that much. The interviews he was doing, that one promo he did in the dark on top of the ladder at that one episode of SmackDown before that uh, SummerSlam match, that was probably his best was, probably promo work as a heel I've ever seen. It was definitely a, a really dark Eddie. Like, yeah. that was the darkest I've ever seen him. Because when he was in WCW, when he first got really jacked, and he mm-hmm. kind of had that mullet, but he would wet the front, so it would kind of go like bang. <laughs> yeah. He would, he wouldn't talk much, but you knew he was bad. Like, he just had this look. And even the way he worked guys, 
he did it in, in a heel fashion. And it was he just, vicious. And that was, that was my favorite version of Eddie, was when he first became heel in WCW. The LWO. Um, yeah. And because there was just something about him. He didn't have to say much, but you just knew that something, uh, you know, I don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah, there's something and off then, about him, yeah. <laughs> but then when he came to WWE, he definitely took it to another level. But, you know, he became Latino Heat, and then he was fantastic all over there. So the 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 next match on this card is the is the match that everybody's been talking about. Adam Cole against former Indianapolis Colts punter, now podcast sensation and you know, does WWE pre shows and stuff like that. And no matter where he's at, is wearing some short ass tight shorts, which I can't stand, Pat McAfee. Um how do you guys feel about uh, Okay. I'll tell you this much. Pat McAfee has been doing a great job in terms of talking because he's real. He's great A at talking shit. So he's been doing a great job of selling himself for this. Um, Pat McAfee's a big guy, obviously. I mean, a former NFL player, even though he wasn't an actual, you know, he was a kicker. He didn't really tackle anybody or, or do anything much. But he's hey, still hey, he's hey, still what a, are you trying to say about hunters, bro? <laughs> hey man, when was the last time Ray Lewis was caught punting? But well, well, well that's another topic. Um, but but I, I understand he's still a professional athlete. He's still a big guy. He's what he he's Andre the Giant compared to Adam Cole in terms of size. Um, but um, it's funny because. For me, this is almost like a heel versus heel match because Pat, there's nothing endearing about Pat McAfee, and obviously, <laughs> Adam, and, and obviously, there's Adam Cole, who's probably the biggest heel in NXT. For me, it's a heel versus heel match. How do you guys see this one going? Uh, I see sort of a um, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, Lawrence uh, Taylor LT. situation here. Yeah, yeah. I see Adam Cole win, uh, losing by disqualification, Pat McAfee winning, and some good guy running in, uh, some some baby face running in and and helping him out and warding off the undisputed era. They're jumping Pat McAfee and imagine it's like it, Rob oh, Gronkowski uh, and and like Mojo Rawley or something, and they just make like a yeah, like a football gang or something like. That. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see that. And, and, you know, and then maybe eventually if they wanted to, they could bring it back to Survivor Series and do a traditional Survivor Series match. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I totally agree with Sam. I think McAfee is going to win. Um, I just don't see the point of having Adam Cole win because then it just kind of puts him in a standstill. Um, and McAfee, like you were saying, j uh he's been so good on the mic, dude. Like that last promo they designed. Very impressive for someone who's who's never done this before. I mean, he obviously has a bunch of practice doing radio and and having his show, and the man can speak. Um, dude, but to cut a wrestling promo, right, you know, dude, he, knows to, he knows how to get under your skin. He's saying the right thing. He's like, dude, yeah, I he's, beat you in your own he, world. He's, he's like irritating. He's irritating, and I beat you and knocked you out in less than a minute. <laughs> that, I don't think that's good. That that was uh that was a pretty cool kick right off the table. The way the way Cole landed on the ground was pretty impressive. That was a pretty impressive looking uh spot right there. And then you have Triple H yeah. pushing him back and stuff like that. 
I'm telling you, McAfee can talk. I think he could be a good manager because I don't think I think this is a one off. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to get a wrestling career out of this. But I, I in terms of in ring to be an in ring talent, I think he could be a good manager and irritating pain in the ass. You know what I mean? And and that's one thing I feel is missing nowadays. Yeah, I know we, we got Zelina Vega and occasionally Paul Heyman when Brock Lesnar decides, you know, hey, I would like to work. Um, but, but, you know, we don't have managers really anymore. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big, big piece of, of pro wrestling lore that's, that's missing. You know what I mean? And, and I think it hurts. It hurts the business not to have, you know, guys that can talk not everybody has to be an in-ring in-ring talent you know what i mean back in the day you had bobby heenan a, a young paul Heyman. you had Cornette. you had you know uh gary hart you had jimmy hart you had a whole bunch of dudes you know who had multiple wrestlers mm-hmm. in their stables and it was just exciting you know managed by bobby heenan and the crowd is like boo boo you know what i mean it brings a lot to the to the product you know so maybe this irritating outsider pain in the ass could be a pretty good manager, but you know, we'll see. But I agree. I can see, Mac, I can see McAfee winning by DQ. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I wasn't even thinking about, um, forming a stable until you guys started mentioning it. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> you got a couple of ex football players that, that, that are now WWE guys, or maybe some up and comers who got some football experiences, maybe on the NXT roster. Yeah, yeah, and why not? Like, like, yeah, and like Sam was saying, take it to Survivor Series and have a traditional match. Yeah, that, that actually sounds way better than, than anything I was thinking. I was just thinking maybe maybe one more match where yeah. it's like a more of a, a legit match where McAfee, you know, has time to quote-unquote train because, you know, he complains to Adam already. You only gave me two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. To train for this one. So if he wins, he could rub it in his face. Dude, I beat you in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> with only two, two weeks worth of training, and then they go back at it at least one more time. At least here's the thing, more, especially since we know how good he is already at it. Here's the question I have for you guys: um, How long do you think the the match goes? Ten minutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it going longer than ten. I think ten minutes is too long. Really? You think it'll go five? Long. Yeah, I think it goes five. Wow. I think uh when, when LT fought uh Bam Bam Bigelow, he's he, he he looked dead after eleven minutes. Yeah, Bam so Bam I don't think Bam Bam made LT look like a million bucks because oh, oh my lord. <laughs> and and that was the main event at that WrestleMania, which is crazy. At the time of the click running things, it yeah. just shows the the power of that celebrity that LT had at that time that you know he was like Look, they gave him the main event over Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash, who was the WWE Championship match that night. And the click was running the show back then. To get the main event over them, you know they were hating on Bigelow. (laughs) They were probably like, get that dude fired, bro. (laughs) I'll give him 10, but I don't think it's going to be like 10 legitimate minutes of wrestling. It's going to be a lot of storytelling. It's probably be a couple guys coming in Guys getting kicked out. I, uh, I can see McAfee he, playing mind games with Cole, like him running out of the ring and, you know, doing the heel yeah. stuff that the heel would do to the baby face, but the heel is doing it to the heel. You know what I mean? Playing mind games with him. I don't think McAfee pulls off a move until like minute four or five. 
that's another thing, calling at calling Adam Cole a heel. We're gonna be using that term loosely because he's kinda of one of these guys that not really a heel. To me, Corbin is a heel. Adam Cole is just a, a, a guy who's playing the bad guy role, but he's he's, he's too loved to be heel. To me you just gotta be disliked. Like guys just gotta dislike you, no matter what. Yeah, I'm... I don't think there's one person who does not like Adam Cole. That's true. Everybody hates Baron Corbin, so that that's a good point. <laughs> that, that, that's just a heel. Like the Miz on on when he wants to, he's he a, becomes he's a, a heel. heel. Yes, MJF but, is a heel. Exactly. Those yeah. guys are the ones who I would say heel. But Adam Cole, everybody on the street that ever those guys, they could call themselves heels, but I'm like, you guys, everybody's wearing a shirt. There's no, you know, yeah, you no, they the seem like guys I would like to just hang out with, have a beer, and just talk crap. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, they're too good to be here. <laughs> now, my question about the Undisputed Era, when they finally do get brought up to the main roster, are all four of them going to stay together on the main roster, or are they just going to shoot Adam Cole to the moon by himself? Oh my God! I hope so, dude. Keep. I want groups, man. I want clicks. I want stables. Like, I I want to see more of that. I used to love that so much. I used to love Survivor Series so much because they used to give me groups. Yeah. And eliminations. Yeah. I used to like the elimination style matches when you had like four on four and five on five. They they, they don't do that now. Now Survivor Series will give you one match, and then the rest of the card is just regular singles matches. Yeah, and it's just the one match that is just like brand versus brand. It's not like let's put guys who would normally feud with each other to team with each other just to go against other guys who would normally not team together or put partners against partners for an interesting matchup or something like that. Now it's just, oh, SmackDown and and Raw uh, against NXT or, or, you know, that's all they would do. But like you said, back back in the day, the whole pay-per-view was elimination matches. And stables work, man. Stables work for storylines. You can do so much when it comes to, like, you know, interference and, and you know, two-on-threes. You know, it, it works with the Wyatt. It works with S.H.I.E.L.D. It's working currently. It hasn't still is with the New Day. You know, you, you can do it. They, they, they're doing great in NXT. Uh the undisputed era. I don't see why you would want to break that up. Like, you really need another guy running singles right now to become world champion. You know, let milk milk the group as much as you can, and then have him branch off if if you want that so bad, Vince. Yeah, I think I think if they want to shoot Adam Cole to the moon, they have to keep him with undisputed era because he's a shorter guy. It's it's not believable. It, you know, I. Well, MMA shows you that a shorter guy can beat the shit out of a bigger guy, but and, and it happens all the time. But, you know, in wrestling, there's still that street fighting element of reality of can this guy overcome this guy? So if in the traditional heel sense, if you keep Adam Cole a heel, you could shoot him to the moon with a stable and they help him retain the title. Like you can put the title on him and help him retain the title by helping having his stable mates you know, help him out when he needs that help, you know? So and then you, you can develop, instead of all the love that everyone has, you could develop a hatred for him and he could become a real heel. Yeah. I completely agree. Well, you know what's crazy what, is that we're calling Adam Cole short, right? But compared to us, the dude is six feet tall. Is he? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's wild. For, but for they, this, you know how they look at him. 
the the only thing that might help him out is that a lot of the competition now is on the smaller side because you got guys like AJ Styles who held the title and who's currently and he's five eleven. Yeah, I I think AJ's a good five ten, five eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only problem with with Adam Cole is not only is he, well, I can't even call him short because he's taller than me, but he's, he's, he's on thin. the slimmer side. Of he's thin. Yeah. Yeah, he's smaller. But you're right. You know, I remember when, you know, I hate to say it because we used to <laughs> fight this all the time, but champions used to look like champions back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like you had the 6'5", 300-pound Hulk Hogan. Yep. You know, you, you had the, the the Kevin Nashes. The Ultimate Warrior. Guys, yeah, yeah, but there was a reason why Ric Flair was so good because he wasn't the tallest. He's taller than, than me, definitely. He's... What, he was what? What did he go at? Six two, six, six one. I'd say six one, six two, no bigger than that. Yeah, so exactly. he was, he was usually the shorter guy in most matches, but he was the one who sold all the time. And Adam Cole kind of does that. He sells. Yeah, he does. And if he sells he his ass off. Emerges as the winner at the end. You you got a gold mine there. You know, let him get beat up the whole time. Let his groupies help him. He retains the title, and everyone's like, ah, now I want a cage match. And then in that cage match, he can show his technical skills, win the match, and and, and make everyone hate him. Like, oh, I thought he was going to lose, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's definitely one of the better, you know, workers, you know, I mean, in terms of the aspect, the total package in terms of psychology, the way he bumps, and and like you said, the, the way he adapts to different matches, Different style of matches, you know. He's 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 his definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, uh, it's just uh, the rest of the guys like Roddy. You know, does what does he do on the main roster? Um, I mean, you obviously have Fish and O'Reilly together, but you can intertwine those guys because Bobby Fish is injury prone, and O'Reilly's been injury prone also. I think Roddy's been the workhorse of the, of the group. Um. Freebird uh, rule. Yeah, Freebird rule, exactly. Those three guys <laughs> those three guys are the tag team. And I think the surprise of that team, if they were to shoot anybody solo, would be O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly would fucking dominate in a, a singles role. He would. Yeah, but we, we, but we, have, we haven't seen that, that type of O'Reilly yet in NXT or I mean, in WWE in general. Um but but we have I mean we've seen it in Ring of Honor we've seen it in PWG every other federation that they've been in Kyle O'Reilly is technically he's a technical wizard in that ring and him and Adam Cole have had some bloody matches I remember a match they had in ROH I think back in 12 or 13 but this was before they even became a tag team when they were known as Future Shock or something like that and um I think Adam's Cole, Adam Cole's teeth got busted out and he was bleeding all over the place and they were just going at it, bro. I was just like, holy shit. I was like, these two guys right here are definitely the future and shit, like where they are now. <laughs> he just feels so... He, he When I see him come out, not to change the focus from Adam Cole to him, but it's just when I see him come out and he looks so comfortable, you know, he's playing, he's pretending he's doing air guitar mm-hmm. and the way he bumps and he does, you know, he oversells. It's it's hysterical. And I was like, this is the kind of stuff that at least when I talk to certain guys and, they, and they're talking about highlights from last night's show, they'll talk about, yeah, did you see how this dude like fell out of the ring? Like simple, simple stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you can get people to remember how you took a bump over like a title match. 
either you got something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, yeah, this is one of the matches that everybody, you know, like I said, has been talking about on this card just for the mere spectacle of it. So let's see how it delivers. I mean, it, it, it should deliver. And then before, after that, we have the North American title ladder match, big Bronson Reed, the thick boy against Johnny Gargano against the returning Velveteen dream to take over Cameron Grimes, Grimes, baby. And, um, <laughs> and Damian priest. Um, honestly, my dark horse, I'm gonna go with Damian priest to win the North American title. Yeah. It's exactly what Sammy was talking about. He mentioned earlier, which reminded me of this. He said that the Finn Thatcher match was going to be to showcase Thatcher. And that made me think that's exactly what's happening here. When Priest fought Finn, yes. that match was to showcase Priest. And then that put Priest in a really good position because right after that match, he they just pushed him. He was having some great matches, and now he's in this championship match, and I think he's the guy who's going to win this belt. I agree. I agree. I just have one problem with this match. The only problem I have is there's no audience. A gimmick match like a ladder match, you yeah. need a, a crowd for it. Wait, but we got Thunderdome. You're going to have an audience. Yeah, okay. it, it's gonna have a bunch I thought, of. Skype. I thought they were under the contract that um they signed with the with the government that said they couldn't have any fans. No, this is the thing. No, they're gonna be I on like say, Skype computer say. screens around the ring. Oh, for like the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But it looks. Have you guys seen it? I was on Instagram just a little while ago, and someone for some reason leaked images of SmackDown of tomorrow. SmackDown. Yep. And it looks a lot crazier than what the NBA is doing because it the thing does. is so much closer and so much bigger to the ring that it literally looks like a dome. Yeah, it looks right. sick. I'm, I'm going to have to see it to, to, to you know, you know I, I know that they have technology. I know during the MLB games, when someone hits a home run, you can actually partake. So there's like a, on, on the app itself, you can cheer, you can boo, or you can clap. <laughs> and it actually makes a significant impact. So when the home run hits and you start cheering, you can hear the roar of the, they use the MLB, the show 2K, 2000. Mm -hmm. They use that soundtrack, but they use it in conjunction with the metrics of what people are putting in, yeah. like what they're hitting for a cheer or, or when they're booing, and you hear the boos or, or, the, or the cheers get really loud. I think we're definitely going to get some of that because uh, they were they've been experimenting with that kind of stuff in the past couple pay per views. Because I remember walking in like a couple minutes into the Randy Edge match, and I was hearing cheers during the match, and I was like, "There's not that many people." Like, I, yeah, they let some NXT people in the audience, but yeah, it sounds like a legit house they made and that sound out. like a fifteen thousand uh people crowd inside of that place and like you said there was only like 20 people in there yeah and it and it even though it at first it threw me off and i because I, I noticed what was happening and i thought it was a little weird you know you find yourself a few minutes into it getting used to it and you kind of forget there is no audience and you, well you forget that they're not physically there but you think that there is you know like Jay saying 1,500 people, 15,000 people there, and 
they were able to even not only do the booze and the cheers, but they were doing chants. And it looks yeah. like they were playing it <laughs> not not only through uh, the TV so that we can, the viewer can hear it, but they were playing it in the arena so that the, the guys and girls and the audience could actually chant it as well. So it was kind of like a, a cue to them, all right, chant this when you hear you know, you suck, chant, you suck too. So then when we pan to you guys, it looks like you guys are the ones making all this noise and it doesn't look weird. Like, why are they all shut? And I'm hearing people chanting, you suck. So I definitely think that we're going to hear, we're going to hear cheers and booze during this event. Yeah, it should be interesting. That 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 Thunderdome kind of looks like a, a 3D ride that, oh. that will make you real sick. So I don't know. <laughs> just from the pictures that I saw, I was like, wow, it's so close to them. Like you said, it looks like it's so close to the ring, you know, like the NBA, like, you know, the players are playing on the court and you see the faces, but they're further, they're further out. Like you said, this one looks like they're literally at ringside surrounding, like all the screens are surrounding the ring. So it looks interesting. Um, <laughs> so we're all in agreement on Damian Priest winning the North American title, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Up next, co-main event, NXT women's title, Io Shirai against Dakota Kai, who has Raquel Gonzalez in her corner. Uh, I say I say Shirai retains. I don't see Dakota Kai winning the belt. Yeah, I don't really see much story going on here. Shirai, I just think, will win. If they, if they give it to Dakota, it would be only with the assistance of her, her, her what's her name again? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Of Miss Gonzalez, and but I, I don't know. I think she just wanted to be too soon to take it from her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think she she retained. Yeah, for sure. I agree. This is where I take a bathroom break. I'll be like, uh... no, but the crazy part is, is that both of these women are actually really good. She rides a beast, and I like Dakota Kai. I like I, I've seen them and and I really was like, eh. There there are some like I I've had this conversation with with Jay where I've always felt that the women's division has four or five wrestlers and then they filter it with sixty people <laughs> and it, it, there's no real strength there. You know, there's five studs and you can see it in the main roster that uh, it's all Sasha, it's all Sasha and Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's you know, and then the other one is out because she's pregnant, and then you have Claire. And yeah, that's about Charlotte, it. Yeah, and she's out too, so that's why they gave it to the other two. <laughs> and then and Oscar, what's what's going on with Oscar? Because she's the 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 fifth person. Well, she's, she's the only other one that can wrestle. So she's fighting both of them at SummerSlam. <laughs> ah, yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> there you go. So it, the ones that I would really watch, because the first time I, I saw Asuka was in NXT and she was defending against Bailey. I was like, oh, crap, that's good. But since then, I haven't seen much uh, from anyone in NXT. So it's like, eh, for me, a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> so main event, we got Keith Lee making his defense of the NXT title against... Killer Carrion Cross with Scarlet Bordeaux 
in his corner. It's a tough one for me, but uh, I'm going to say Keith Lee defends. But just like you guys said about the Balor-Thatcher match, I think the the winner, even though he's going to lose, is is Cross on this one. I think he takes the title. Really? I I think they I think Keith Lee's transitional. Really? Yeah. I think Lee I think Lee needs the belt. I don't think Cross needs the belt. I think Cross uh Cross is at a point right now where like the fiend was at one point where he 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 was bigger than the title. Um but I think Lee needs to, to continue to push him forward. Cross literally right now they could just pull him and put him on the main roster and he succeeds. Yeah, I don't I see him on NXT for too long. No, it'll be Whether very short. Whether he wins this title or not, he's definitely not going to stay there. I, I could see a situation where he wins, probably if he cheats or whatever, but he'll win, and then he just vacates the title. I see and Cross, maybe, I maybe see cross in the Royal Rumble. The I kind of feel like this would be a situation where, I don't know, maybe Scarlett will try to come in and interfere and distract Keith Lee, and then you got Mia will come in. And, and you know, even out the odds, and while there's some sort of distraction, Keekly gets the win off of Cross. I even think just to make Cross look that much stronger, I think Lee will win by like a roll up or some random old school wrestling move. I don't think Keith Lee hits him with his finish and gets the three. I think they're gonna make Cross look like that big killer that he is. That your finish move will won't even put him down that it took a lucky rolling pin a lucky quick three seconds for you to get the win over him but i think keith lee wins but i think he survives i don't think he you know dominates in victory on that one and that's how that's how the nwa resolves it with uh nick aldis when he doesn't want to put somebody down it's a roll-up point yeah it's not with his main uh thing it's just a roll-up point I think if we could even see where Cross catches him with uh, his choke and just doesn't let him go. Yes, and loses by disqualification. Just gets, just, yeah, just gets disqualified for it. Yeah. But I, I do see, I mean, if they if they keep the belt on Lee, I, I could see them putting the belt on Cross on the next and on the next takeover. Or like you guys said, he'll just probably just end up on the main roster. I'd say he makes a Royal Rumble appearance uh, as a surprise. And then maybe just stays on the roster, you know, just not, you know, like, like on the low, just staying on the main roster after that. <laughs> I can put him on the main roster by, uh, by what's the, what's the last one? Um, the Thanksgiving festival. Uh, <laughs> I Survivor, uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, I can see him there by Survivor Series. But I want to see him, I want, I want him to, to get used, you know what I mean? I don't want him to become another Alistair Black. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's Alistair Black. I think, I think they have, more visions of grandeur for him. I think they see something. They see big money maker in him. They yeah. see they, they see the potential of something. And the package and the package with him and Scarlet is money. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Scarlet together is money. He was the star, but then they then they saw him wrestle and they're like, oh he's the star too. The package. Yeah. yeah I think what's going to make him look good in this match is because he does a lot of uh, suplexes. Uh-huh. Like, so he's kind of like Taz with the, the T-bone suplex. It's going to be nice to see him throwing Keith Lee around. Oh, yeah. I could see eventually him and uh, Lesnar getting into something, but I see them 
before that even happens, like they could do a storyline where they are allies, but they're heels, but allies, and just going through and suplexing the crap out of people together and just hurting them, and then all I, of a sudden it just goes bad. I hate Brock, so I won't even talk about Brock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've said it like a million that. times on the show. I don't care if they resign Brock for the next fifty years, as long as he doesn't have the title. Because every time they give that man the title, there's no title. There's <laughs> because he'll win the belt and then go on like a 15 month vacation. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, man. It's like, but, he, but he's usually willing to put someone over, though. He is. Like, you know, he is. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that much. Just don't go win a title. Just don't win that title. Win yeah, else. yeah. I I don't want the heavyweight title not to be on TV for a year and change. Yeah, but. Yeah, but but that was like the, the, you know everyone was making that case, but then the guy who beat him, Seth Rollins, went on for like two months and didn't even defend it on TV either. So yeah. it was like immediately after beat him. So it's like <laughs> the complaint everyone had with for Brock, Seth went won it, did a champion versus champion with Kofi, and then never defended it again for two months. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's easy for it's easy to to crap on Lesnar because he's an unlikable guy, so it's it's very easy to just you know, yeah. <laughs> he's made it very known that he's not a people person. He he just doesn't like people. So he's there's nothing like I said about Pat Mac Pat McAfee. There's nothing likable about Brock Lesnar, just for the mere fact that I I feel like 2002 to 2004 Brock Lesnar, if he was around now. Then we'll, we'll probably have a different opinion of Brock Lesnar, but yeah. but the Brock Lesnar we have is not the Brock of old. So you know, I, like I don't know. I think in private, when I've seen some private things of Brock, I've seen him as an educator teaching the next generation of of wrestlers at the University of Minnesota, and like really like being invested in them in the youth. Uh, even with children, I've seen him be active and being like involved and committed. So I think it's just that he just doesn't want people in his private life, but in his private life that does come out, I think I think he's different than the character he plays from what people have leaked out. And he just doesn't want it out because he just doesn't want to blur the two, you know? I, I think that's what happens. So it's easy to hate him because you think, oh, he's like this all the time. But probably the people who know him closer probably are like, oh, you know, like um, he he could probably be like 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 DC is when he's doing videos with um with uh with Khabib and and everybody else you know that they're always playing around doing crucifixes choking each other out in the videos yeah or playing around you know not not disrespectfully you know yeah well with with the NXT card out the way we're gonna close out the show with the SummerSlam card give our give our predictions on those matches and then from there we 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 close the book on episode 50 so first up on the docket which I'm pretty sure is gonna be on a pre-show uh we got King Corbin against Matt Riddle uh Riddle yeah I agree I can't stand like that is Riddle I don't. I don't really see this developing into anything more than just a stepping stone. Uh, a stepping stone for Riddle, just to give him another a win. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Corbin doesn't need to win. Let's just say that. He, no, he's just he does not. He doesn't need to win. So you're trying to build. You're trying to build uh, Riddle. I think he's the the next Golden Boy. 
You think that's the pre-show match? Yeah, I think I so. I think so, yeah. I could see that. Or do you think uh, the other, there's another candidate that could be the pre-show match? Well, you could have two because you know the damn pre-show is going to be like two hours by itself. <laughs> the next match I saw is a hair versus hair match. Uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, who uh, just got into some serious crap, I think, yesterday or the day before. Or some dude tried to kidnap before. her. Yeah. It's actually Sunday. Sunday or something like that. Yeah, that was weird, man. Like some yeah. dude tried to it kidnap was... her. And I think Mandy Rose was in the house too, from what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we know who, yeah, who yeah. was really trying to kidnap there. Let's be for real. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, wrestling has a lot of weirdos. Yeah. Makes us fans look bad, man. Um, this is a weird match, though, man, because normally you could, well, at least when it's a guy, when you see, you know, that they're balding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, this guy's going to lose this match because he, you could tell he's trying to get rid of his hair. Well, but, you uh, see, on, uh, now that, now that brings up a point that, that I was, that I was thinking about. Mandy Rose just cut her hair a little shorter. Even shorter, which that, makes that's, me think that's she's what losing it. Because. When she cut her hair, when uh, Deville, uh, when Sonya cut her hair, what was it, SmackDown or Raw? Mm-hmm. She had extensions on. So she was really cutting the extensions. She wasn't yeah. cutting her real hair. Yeah. But to continue the story, she went ahead and cut her hair even shorter. So I'm like, there's no way she's going to go shorter than this. It just makes me think Deville is just kind of, I don't know if she'll go like buzz cut. But. How much hair are we talking about? That's what that's what I need to do. Well, if you remember, uh, Molly Holly, yes, <laughs> the hair versus hair match with Molly and Victoria at WrestleMania, which, to my knowledge, I think was the last hair versus hair women's match I remember seeing in WWE. Because, like you said, a lot of the guys have those those type matches. Um, but yeah, Molly Molly had her head shaved bald, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so did um I forget her name, but she did Ser- it for the straightest society. Serena. Serena did it too. And I'm not, you know, she probably will get a buzz and she could probably pull it off. I'm just it's just she has really nice hair, dude. Yeah, she does. <laughs> like, That's why see I think all of that get cut off. I don't see Mandy getting that baldy though. So I think I think no. Man, Man, Mandy's gonna win this match. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see Mandy losing that hair. Um, U.S. title match, Apollo Crews against MVP, leader of the Hurt right, Business. Can we, talk, can we talk about how this is probably one of the best groups right now? The Hurt Business is like the best thing that's happened to this throughout this pandemic. I think they look really great in that Raw Underground episode. This this group overall, I'm I'm enjoying greatly because they're using guys who should have been used this way a long time ago. I'm a big uh, Shelton Benjamin fan. Ever since he first came out uh, in the tag team, with uh, pairing him with uh, well, not pairing him well, associating him Kurt uh, Kurt Angle. No, no, yeah, pairing him with Charlie Haas, but then. You know, kind of, he was, they were being mentored sort of by, like, Kurt Angle. Yeah, Team Angle. Team Angle. I was like, I, you know, I, I like all of that. Um, then you got the dude who, 
should be champion, who should be the guy that's being treated like Brock Lesnar's being treated, is Bobby Lashley. This is his best opportunity right now. Yeah, right. This is a guy who needs somebody like MVP to be his Paul Heyman and just have this guy start just running through dudes, man. He's huge. He's fast. You know, he's he's got the skill set. He has an MMA background. He has the wrestling background, just like Brock Lesnar. I'm like, why isn't this guy a world champ? Like, why are we giving him the same push as Brock Lesnar? Too many terrible gimmicks that they gave that man. It's the same thing I thought with him and with Drew McIntyre. I said, these two guys, what's going on? You know? And now they've done Drew, you know, justice, but Ashley, they need to make it up, and this is the best thing I've seen since the whole uh, Trump versus uh, McMahon thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm glad they got MVP. I'm happy that that only because he can't. It looked like he was only coming in for a little little stint, you know, a little Roy Rumble, maybe one or two little matches here. And I, I just found out he signed a contract, so he's going to be around for a couple years. So. Yeah, because he even said after his match with Mysterio. I think that Raw, after the Rumble, that that was his last match. He was going to retire. He just wanted his kids to see him wrestle. But then after that, I saw him hosting an MVP lounge and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yo, this dude is on every week. <laughs> and yeah, then the- he, yeah. <laughs> he took advantage of an opportunity. And, you know, that's yeah. what they always say does is he gives you an opportunity. And I'm happy he did it. And it's it's great. I love the group. I love the direction it's going. I think MVP... If he doesn't win the belt, I really hope that Apollo Crews joins, joins them. the group. Yes. Yeah, he's, he needs a push, too. He needs something as well. He needs what Lashley needs. I'll tell you this, this. This, this pandemic, guy. if anything, has given guys more opportunities that they wouldn't have got before with a lot of the big names that dominated the ranks staying at home. You know, guys like Roman Reigns and... And uh, I mean, Cena's been gone since before the pandemic, but but guys like that not being around, you got to give opportunity to somebody. You know what I mean? And you see guys like like Apollo, who who they really did nothing with for years, and all of a sudden they've given him this push, and I was like, all right, cool, I, I I could get into this. And then you see guys, you know, they just brought up Angel Garza out of nowhere from NXT to be with Andrade. And I was like, okay, okay, I like I like Garza. We could, we could work work with this. And, and that was by accident. That was you know? by accident. Yeah, that's the group that I like. I actually thought originally when um um Ethan Fantasma when he first came in onto the two hundred five competition, I thought he was going to join them and they were going to be a three man group with with Zelina being the the, the manager. Yeah, and then they they, they brought they brought on Austin Theory, which I thought made no sense. I was like, "What the hell? Why is why is Theory with these guys?" And then well, he filled in, he just filled in a spot, but I was so totally glad that they ended up like moving him over to uh, to with Seth. Seth. Yeah, that was yeah. better. That was a way better fit. Yeah, him him and uh, what's that Australian guy? Damn it, um. <laughs> But Murphy, M- Murphy, yeah, Buddy Murphy. Him and Murphy look better as a team together with Seth. Obviously, since the sexual harassment allegations came out, we haven't seen Austin Theory since. But um, 
you know, he was a better fit with Rollins than with the Spanish crew over there. You know what I mean? Um, Talking about allegations, we totally ignored Velveteen and his allegations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he was off TV for a couple weeks, and all of a sudden he's back right in it. (laughs) Yeah, but a lot of these allegations have been found to be just people just, I want to be a part of something and just making up shit. And, and, you know, it's, you know, rape is always a stain or sexual assault is always a stain. And I've seen it when I was in college where people will be falsely accused and then it destroys their lives and their careers. And then they have to move to like another school because they can't get, they can't go on there because people continue, even if they're innocent to say, you know what, you're you're still guilty, even though they found proof that you were innocent, you know? So it's like, you know, um, the, the, People who are lying should also have to face the the music as well, I agree. because there have been some who have been found to be lying in yeah. many instances. Um, the only one that I know that was viable was uh, the guy who was talking a lot of trash and he was defending everyone and attacking Cornette, and then he had his own business shut down, and now he has to eat the lollipops by himself. <laughs> The other JR, the other JR. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mr. Joey. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I I guess they bring them back because of that, you know, because they say, you know what? These weren't these weren't uh, valid things. And you know what? Bring them back. Probably still investigating the other guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, Austin Theory has all the time in the world. I mean, shit, he's 23 years old. So, I mean, he has all the time in the world. Um, Yeah, so I agree about Cruz probably retaining the belt. Um, I I think MVP should just be the voice of the Hurt Business because I honestly think he shouldn't be wrestling. Um, He's very slow, and I mean very slow. Um, I thought he was slow when he was young. I could imagine now. He's very slow. Um, <laughs> I think Apollo Cruz yeah. is just gonna run circles around. Probably him. a five minute match. Five minute match. Yeah. Ashley and Shelton come in, even though they're banned from ringside. Yeah. Uh, Cruz ends up retaining somehow. Like pulls it over on MVP. They give him a beatdown, or they give him an ultimatum before they give him a beatdown, and then maybe he does what you said and joins. I really thought the hurt the hurt business was gonna be another offshoot of like a nation of domination just because MVP had that conversation with Ron Simmons on that episode of raw for like a couple of minutes. And Ron was like, you know, there's another way to go about this brother. Just, just let me know whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So, I think they should do that. I let, let Ron Simmons be a mouthpiece and MVP be a mouthpiece. And you know who, who I would bring in Mark, Hen- Mark Henry. <laughs> no, not even Mark Henry. Um, is this guy, um, out for forever? Um, the one that played the son to uh, Kurt Angle. The, oh, Jason Jordan. Yeah, he's if a he he's can wrestle a, again. He, I would put him. Uh, I don't think he could wrestle. Uh, I, I, he has neck neck yeah. problems and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's a he's These a back, he's a backstage producer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, him and Chad Gable were so good together. They shouldn't have separated them so soon, but. Yeah, that's another story. Um, <laughs> but um, up next, we got the Tag Team Championship, the aforementioned Andrade and Angel Garza challenging the Street Profits for the Tag Team titles. I'm going with Andrade and Garza. So am I. Yeah. 
see this match over and over many times, so maybe it's time to just switch the title. Yeah, I mean, I like the Street Profits, but but yeah, let, I would like to see a change. And then here's one of the prominent matches that I'm looking forward to. Street Fight, Seth Rollins against Dominic Mysterio. This buildup was actually a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing this. I, I, I really don't know which way it's going to go. <laughs> um, I'll be shocked if Dominic wins, though. Yeah. I would, yeah, I don't think he... Yeah, he really doesn't need to win. I think this is more of just, let's see what he can do, because let's be real, this dude is getting such an opportunity. This is his debut match. And it's against Seth. Seth Rollins. Like, it's crazy. And I guess they kind of knew because he might either might be nervous or he's still green that they needed to make it a street fight because they were like, he may not be able to hold his own in a regular one-on-one against Seth. So let's give him some weapons. Let's give him a reason where, you know, Ray can come in. Murphy could come in. Yeah. Uh, then we can have guys who aren't on uh, schedule to be on the pay-per-view come out and also help. So then I was about have... to say, can you imagine AOP comes back? <laughs> well, I was gonna... it gives reason for like Alistair Black to come out, who's been sort of involved with the story on and off. Yeah. Because he's been involved with Seth and, and, and the disciples. Listen, what if Seth converts Black to join him? KO KO will come to the rescue. He'll he'll spin kick Dominic in the face in the black mask. That would be crazy. You don't think Kevin Owens would appear in this match as well? Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe comes off the booth. Yeah. I think think, there's a lot of people that Seth Rollins has pissed off in the past few months. I think this is going to be a uh, uh, everyone involved. The storyline's going to going to climax here. I just realized the Survivor Series match. It's the Mysterios with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens against Seth Murphy, um, AOP, and 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 Alistair Black, <laughs> or 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 some sort of variation of that. Yeah, that has to be a turn somewhere. Someone yeah. has to turn. I think Alistair should turn because this baby face version of this demonic monster is not going for me. Well, didn't he like release something in the past couple of weeks of, of like changing himself or? Yes. Yes, he did. It, it, it was something about presenting like a new version of himself or something along those lines. Yeah. But maybe that's, you know, he's trying to hint that uh, maybe something we'll see tomorrow, maybe the Monday after or I mean, not tomorrow, the, at the pay-per-view, or maybe Monday. Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, uh, I, I would love to see a heel Alistair Black, see how that would go. Um, then we go into double duty for Asuka as she challenges Bailey for the SmackDown title, and then after that, Sasha for the Raw title. I don't know in what order, but uh, Asuka going for two belts. Does she get one, two, or none? I don't think she gets either one. Um, or if she does, she gets her belt back from Sasha. Because I, I think this is all building up to have Sasha versus Bailey. Yep. Um, and I think at this moment, the title that's more important is Bailey's because she's held it for so long. 
Um, so yeah, if she if she is gonna win any title, I guess she just wins her title back since she kind of won it in a crappy way. I mean, she lost it in a crappy way to Sasha. Uh-huh. Just wins her I title think... back. That's weird. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think this is however they're planning this. This is really for a, a Bailey Sasha match. I agree, but I think it's 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 based off of uh, the order of the match. I think. Whoever fights Oscar first retains. Whoever fights a second loses a title. And then that's where the beef starts. Yeah. So let's say Sasha fights her first. Sasha keeps the belt. Bailey loses to Oscar with some something happening with Sasha. And then that leads up to them fighting for each other's belt or uh, for uh, Sasha's belt and vice versa. Because where, they mess each other up. Yeah. I think, I think, I think. I think one will help the other retain in the first fight, but in the second one will actually cost her the belt, and that's where the battle, the battle's going to happen. And then we'll see this breakdown in in a tag team match where it'll, you know, like the Rocker style. It, they'll, they'll try to have a tag team match, and they'll lose, and then they'll have that, that break apart again. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. Who do they lose the tag team titles to, though? That's the only thing. The iconic. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or probably yeah, what, whatever two women are so part of that to, to the whole thing there's, there's not enough you know say uh whatever two women are a part of that retribution click that would could show itself whenever they feel like it yeah, i think the women's tag title was a big mistake if you, <laughs> you don't have it to, to really give it i you know the singles titles i was okay with but yeah, it's showing up. It's showing up. This this is as bad as when SmackDown had two tag teams and one tag team was um uh, what was that? What was that little guy um that he's a cruiserweight now that that he has he has the little goatee. I forget his name. The old guy, like my age though. <laughs> yes, he, he has what? The, the he has like a black goatee. Um, and he was he's always wearing shorts and he does flips and all. That he was in uh, 205 Live. He was a tag team partner, I think, with Billy Kidman. Uh, London? Yes, London. London and the other one. Paul London and the other one. That's oh, the Brian Kendrick. Kendrick. Kendrick Brian and London. Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. there was a time that it was just dumb and one other tag team? Yeah, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eminem it was, was on their way out. So it was somebody else. I think it was the Bashams or something the like that. The Basham brothers or, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird time for tag team wrestling back then. It That's what I see with the women's tag team. Yeah, the Basham brothers, yeah, that those big bald guys, the Gemini, that I think uh, Simon yeah. Dean was their manager. <laughs> yeah, the twins. They were the Shane twins on the independence team. The Shane twins, yes. That's right. <laughs> um. Now we have the universal title match, and this is a perfect name for the for the two guys because it seems like it's two universal monsters going at it, Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Well, we have the monster and the fiend. Um, obviously, Braun Strowman has gone through a change since the Swamp Match, and now he's portraying more of a, a fiendish-type character to himself. Does Braun Strowman come out looking like a different monster variation character of himself, kind of like when Bray Wyatt first became into the, became the Fiend? Um, honestly, I see Wyatt winning the belt with the help of Alexa Bliss. 
Yeah, this is a toss-up. I see. I think I'm gonna go with what you said. And yeah, because I'm still trying to understand what peak she has in the whole in the whole feud. So I think she becomes a female fiend in this match. I would love to see, even though I don't think they'll go this route, but I would love to see her get possessed and become Sister, Sister Abigail. Abigail. Get the spirit of Abigail in her. Yeah, you remember at one point they were kind of trying, they were doing that with Wyatt and stuff. Yeah, that was. And, thank God that match didn't happen. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that would have looked so uh, bad and weird. <laughs> I would love to see something like that. It it'll make a little more sense as to why she's involved with the theme, uh, more than making it like a love interest because it almost feels that way now, where yeah. she's been like caressing his face and touching his arm, kind of a deal, and he kind of like backs away. You know, I. I read somewhere that they were they were planning on turning him face, which I don't know how the hell you do that. Yeah, how do yeah, you do that? Yeah, you can't do that. The fiend, but, the uh, fiend is a demon. Is is nothing human human about him? You're already giving him a soft spot just by simply having him come out to to, to protect her. For Alexa Bliss, that already, doesn't make. Sense. <laughs> yeah, it already seems it already seems weird, but. Um, you know, I hope if he does win, it's not by the help of Alexa. I hope he just wins. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think anything less is gonna diminish the character. Um, You're right. It, it it's already losing some steam, but I think something has to happen in this match that changes the direction of the character. I just hope it's not making him face. Um, I read somewhere I don't know if it's true that uh. uh Rowan got re-signed. Did he? That, that I read that somewhere. I don't know if it's just you know people just writing because nowadays you got to take everything with a you know, grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. But if he did, I hope he's involved somehow. Can you imagine um, a big fiend version of Eric Rowan, <laughs> that big bastard? Dude, I, I would love to just see Rowan still with the with the with the sheep mask, but just maybe some new gear, maybe like a mixture of when he was with um the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, yeah, the Belgian brothers kind of the gear, but with like maybe like a new kind of sheet mask, something a little more um, than a plastic piece of you know the, the cheapy cheap looking sheet mask. Uh, or even if Bo Dallas, man, if we could get Bo Listen, Dallas involved. Listen, I've been now. waiting for that forever. Just just make them. Everybody knows they're brothers. All right, just make it happen. <laughs> and Bo Dallas is good, man. He, the dude is good in the ring. He can make anything work. If you can make the B team work, you can make anything work. And he didn't get fired, yeah. so they should use him. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's alone. He, this guy is uh, Henning's son is no longer there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think right now I think it's time to add characters to the funhouse. I think I was talking about stables earlier. I think they need to make a funhouse stable. The Fiend Even if family. It's just one person right now. You know, something to mix it up because I, I really love this character. I'm talking about I love this character. This is the only reason I tune in nowadays. Yeah. Is just to watch The Fiend or Bray Wyatt. But it, it, it's losing steam. And I, I would just hate to see this go nowhere and have him have to change this whole character all over again. You yeah, want to no. see this get uh, steam again? Um, if, you, if you think about it, right? He has the love interest, right? He has that there. A good swerve 
would be the fiend winning, but he, you know how Braun Strowman was gonna power slam um, Alexa. Yeah. I forgot her name again, Alexa. So he was gonna he was gonna power slam her. He came, he rescued her, and you know the whole thing. If you wanna really revitalize the fiend, make him savage. Make him look like he's in love, and then make him just turn on her. Leave a bloody pool in the in the ring. <laughs> go crazy. Braun Strowman has to defend her. Now Braun Strowman, who was turning, who wanted to fight her, now all of a sudden is defending her. Like I'm the hero, and then the fiend just savages him. And it, it would be a reminder of what was that movie? Um, oh my God, there was a movie, an '80s movie, where something similar happened to to that, where. The the woman thought, oh, you know, I I I I pacified the beast and whatever, and the beast turned on her and killed her. Um, damn, it was a movie. It was a movie. Yeah. I, it, 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 bro, I can't even remember what I watched last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was an eighties flick. It was a it was a popular eighties flick of the time. You know, just just make that turn, and instead of him being in love or whatever, he's just like, nah, it's about me. It's just that was my advantage to get. Braun Strowman's really in love with you, and I got you, and I got him, and I got the title, and now <laughs> too bad, you know. Which would be cool because even even at the end of that segment, when it looked like Braun had the upper hand, cause, all right. First of all, can you explain to me how the hell did Braun disappear from being inside the ring? He got he got powers now too, man. the character. He got powers now too. I'm, I'm like, this dude must have got some powers in that swamp because yeah, now he he's did. disappearing. Now the monster but, has um, mythical uh, abilities. While he was laughing, Bray was the laughing. The fiend that had just taken it, the fiend started laughing too. Like, almost like he was enjoying it, which I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. So I'm, I'm hoping that it almost feels like he's still the puppet master and this is sort of what he was trying to do the whole time. Uh, and that would be cool to to have Alexa help him, and he still just turn on her anyway. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, I, I, that'll be a good ending to that match. Absolutely. No, here's my question: Is do you think this is going to be a straight up match, or are we are we looking at another theatrical match? <sighs> I say, I say theatrical because that's the only way they've gone with with really the fiend character since the pandemic. Um. Uh, I'd say one of the what was the last real one on one in ring match the Fiend had was it Goldberg? It was Goldberg, yeah. Because then, then because I have seen Braun, you know Braun. Well, with, Bray wrestled Braun as the sweater. Match he was the Funhouse sweater Bray. version of Bray Wyatt, like the Mister Rogers okay. version of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's it's called the Funhouse Bray. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweater, sweater version. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers version. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, as the actual fiend, yeah, he hasn't had many in-ring matches. You figure what he had. He had uh, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Bill Goldberg, and I think that's it as the fiend. And that's it, because, yeah, and it was the, the whole Cena thing, and yeah, and honestly, that swamp match didn't do it for me. No, I think they 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 dropped the ball on that one. That was like a bad Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, it was it was cut weird. It felt rushed to me. I just I, they could have did so much more. You know, you, you know, you, I was really thinking that. Um, I've been saying this for a while, but who am I just a fan? 
They should get the. I don't know if you're familiar with the. I think it's pronounced Soska. The Soska sisters, that they're the twins who actually uh, worked on See No Evil with Kane and Uh-oh. WWE Studios. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, why don't you bring these girls in here who are proficient in horror films, and just have them work on a damn on all of his vignettes and have work on like all of these uh, theatrical matches with him. Or even do like a short film, man. Make it to the point where it's like a 20, 25 minute film. It's a match, but like almost like a like a short film. Yeah. Or even the the dude that made Bray's mask, Tom Savini. I mean, damn, he's a freaking horror legend who worked on everything from Dawn of the Dead to Friday the Thirteenth to you know anything you could think of. Maybe they maybe they didn't want to pay Tom Savini money, but you know, hey. <laughs> you know, you could, you could tell that dude is expensive, bro. When he's selling himself for six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the only theatrical match that worked for me was the uh, AJ Undertaker one, and that was, then after that, that, that it just became repetitive. That yeah, the good. Boneyard. Yeah, the Boneyard. Boneyard was good. Did you guys see the Boner Yard match that the Good Brothers put on? No, <laughs> no, I didn't no. see it. I saw a highlight of it, which I thought was funny, but no, I didn't see it. Yo, I, I, I'm very tempted to to just watch that talking shop pay per view, like on a a streaming site or something, just to see all the shenanigans that they did. <laughs> Dude, I'm down. Try to zoom in. You know, you can share video on Zoom. Oh no, shit! Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do like a watch yeah, party. We could, yeah, we could watch it. Commentate, do a podcast right after, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. Um, so, uh, officially, who you guys want uh, for the belt? I'm choosing Bray. I'm sure Ghost is yeah, going to go with Bray. I'm going with, you know, I'm going with King. Yeah. I'm still undecided. I I don't know. This one is just, they could go he either way. King. He said King. He said it. <laughs> and then <laughs> main event WWE title Drew McIntyre defending against Legend Killer 2020 version Randy Orton. This is this is a difficult one for me because I love that Drew's finally getting this push. It sucks that it happened under these conditions. He's doing the best he can, but I wish, you know, one, that he would have been able to win it with a crowd so he would have got that pop that I know he would have wanted and that he deserved. Um, It's one of those things where, had it been against anyone else, I would have said it's too soon to lose the title, but it's fucking Randy Orton, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, because at the same time, I feel like Randy needs, he deserves a belt already. He's been without a title. He's been out of the title picture for a long time. I don't remember the last the last time he had the world title. It's been so long. It's been a minute, and the dude's been working for. He's still been working. He's been active. It's not like he's he's been gone. He's just been, you know, working other guys. I and think this match has the potential to be the match of the night. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I think. Drew wins, but I don't think this is the end of them. I think this is a trilogy match, the first of a of a trilogy. Okay, I can see that too. I can see them I think it, going I think from the last Summer SummerSlam to Survivor Series and, into the Royal Rumble. Yeah, 
you know, screw it. I'll say Drew. I say Drew retains just because I feel it's a lot easier for Randy to continue to go after Drew as champ than it would for Drew to still have momentum trying to recapture that belt from Randy. Yeah, I can I see this leading to an I quit match and a cage match. Or an elimination chamber. When 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 do they have the elimination chamber? Um, I want to say before Mania. Oh yeah. So then yeah, we won't have an elimination chamber. So it will be a I quit match and a and a and a cage match, a Hell in a Cell. I was about to say, why don't you change that to a Hell in the Cell? Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. I can definitely see. That. I can see if if this becomes an instant classic, steals the night. This is gonna be a a a a, a, a three a three match thing. How do you guys feel about the re like the revamping of his legend killer character from back in the day? I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Remember, I still say he should have gone to AEW, teamed up with the nightmare, and been the legend killer over there and just slaughtered all those fairy tale wrestlers over there. <laughs> fairy tale you know, wrestlers. The only thing I didn't like about this whole <laughs> legend killer situation was Shawn Michaels not selling his maneuver. As well, he should have. Shawn Michaels looks terrible. Like Shawn Michaels took an RKO and a punk hit and was standing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, dude, you should have been out for like till the commercials, till like the end of the show. Like, it should have just dragged you out of the ring. Yeah. There's no way that you should be standing up in the corner, even though you were holding on to the ropes. You should be out, dude. Yeah. Rick Flair, who took the punt kick, obviously in the dark, <laughs> he was laid out. That that was weird. I wonder why. They, I was I was curious as to why they did it that way. I'm like, can he not sell like that anymore? Like, did they not? Yeah, want I don't him? think he can sell it. Yeah, I so, think I think he's too fragile. So they and made then it. if if they let him do it, he want him. He want a match. They don't yeah, want him. No, 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 no. <laughs> want a match. No, 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 no. We can't have yeah, that. they don't want him to get that illusion in his head. That's why even when when uh, Batista dragged him out, yeah. he was like, "Ready? Okay, I'm dragging you out." You know, so yeah, but you know, it's not like he's actually gonna take the kick to the head. So I'm like, why? Well, you know, maybe he maybe the timing is off. You know, maybe. some people want to take the kick. Oh, so it looks real. You know, there's no way I'm <laughs> taking that fucking kick not to the head anyway. He kicked me in the shoulder. <laughs> Yeah. What would you rather take that kick or the RKO? I'd rather take the RKO. Oh, I'll take the RKO all day. Because if he slips and really kicks me in the dome, that, that that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's how he gave McMahon a concussion. Yeesh. He punted him. Yeah, he literally kicked him like he caught him. Like he kicked him in the dome. <laughs> yeah, Vince take is such a beat down, bro, because between that, between the headbutt from KO. Yo, he the, got hit hard, bro. Yeah. When the ring, when the ring took him out by yeah. <laughs> Yo, that was one of my favorites of all time, bro. It was a focus quad. He tried to get into the ring so fast and, and so hard, he tore both his quads and he had to sit inside the ring and Cena and Batista's looking at him like, what the hell just happened? And then <laughs> <laughs> they're in the middle of the Royal Rumble match where they're trying to figure out who freaking won and they're just distracted 
like they break character for two seconds to be like, what the hell? And then they're like, okay, no, he fell out. No, he fell out. And he fell out. And Vince is like, just tell me what the fuck happened. And I was like, <laughs> hey, you were Vince is a professional. That my man just sat. He sat there and he's like, we're going to continue the storyline. <laughs> my man kept yelling at them. Yeah, that was the funniest thing to watch, dude. <laughs> he took spit in the face and kept it going. <laughs> yeah. The hard spit in his face. That's right. At that uh, that Survivor Series, yeah, he spit a loop. Just white his face and kept moving. <laughs> and then he caught a beatdown after that. Yo. Yo, I, I wish Dude, I wish there I was actual still... surveillance of that. But yeah, man, Brett said they have he... the aftermath. They don't have the actual punch. The actual they have punch, the aftermath. Yeah, they have him walking out and saying, "Yeah, just just real calmly." Yeah, I just knocked Vince out with a punch. <laughs> just, <laughs> Like they have the audio is what they have. Because, mm. I, I, you know, that whole wrestling with shadows thing. Yeah, yeah. At least they have that, you know? <laughs> I actually bought uh, a, a long time ago at this point, like the 10th anniversary of that DVD, and it came with an extra DVD of, like, the same guy did a documentary about Owen Hart, which was, uh, which was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, so I'm picking... Yeah, it is tough, but but I, I'd say Drew retains, but I do think Randy's getting that belt very soon. I sent you the meme right that he put out on um on uh, social media, Randy Orton. Yeah, it was the, with his toy, with the toy, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's become the best trope. Yo, uh, Jay, if you get a chance, discreetly. Grab your phone and look at what I just sent you on Instagram. It's the images of what the Thunderdome is supposed to look like. Okay. Yeah, it that is. Looks crazy. It, it, it Sam, is. You, have, you don't have to social, man. What's going on? <laughs> All right. Um, hold on a second. I couldn't hear you. Hold on. My thing cut. No, I, can't, I can't send you the image because I don't, I don't have your social media either. That or you don't have social media? I don't have social media. I uh, escaped the. Reality. I'll I, just, my phone I, just, I just took a right, screenshot. I, I just it. sent it to him. I sent you, uh, plus, I, I wanted to send you my number because when the War Games return, I will be going. So, interested. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait till this whole social distance thing ends so I can. Uh, wait, when is, uh, when is War Games <laughs> supposed to be? So, it was supposed to be in Newark. It was supposed to be the week after the whole shutdown and um, I had tickets to go, <laughs> and then they, they shut it down, and they refunded the tickets. But it was uh, right there in uh, Prudential Center where the doubles play. Yeah, well, I tell you this much: I when the Christmas time comes around, my my job shuts down for two weeks. So uh, I'm gonna see if uh, we probably make a a trip out to New York. Hopefully. There'll be some indie shows going on, and we can partake. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to buy some tickets at AEW. They started selling tickets. I don't. For, think so. I think the next week's show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, hell, I might try to do the the Thunderdome, man. Shoot, oh. it's it's in Orlando for God's sakes. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe you'll see still, my still, my big face on SmackDown <laughs> on a screen. Yeah. But tomorrow will be your first chance to, to check it out because they're going to debut it on SmackDown. Uh, NXT is, I think, going to be shot like that too, right? 
uh, takeover? I haven't heard anything about it, but maybe. Yeah. Wow. I heard I they were trying to do it for SummerSlam. I think all their events are supposed to be out of the PC. Wow, this looks crazy the way they did it. Yeah, it looks it's insane. Wild, right? Now, how, how long before someone does something stupid on one of these screens and then the whole thing gets shut down? <laughs> they, get moon, they get mooned? <laughs> Two weeks. Some, some dumbass pulls his junk out or, or starts mooning the, the, the camera. Two weeks. I'm giving it two weeks. Two weeks. I, I actually tried to sign up to, to get tickets to do this, to, to be one of these people on the screen. And they give you a list of rules. And, and you know, it tells you uh, any certain things you can't do while you're on the screen. So uh, I'm waiting to see if they might even have a delay on these things. Yeah, I could see that. Just so they could, you know, if somebody does something stupid, they could block it out. Yeah, yeah. I can see that too. I wonder if I'm they're going to do it for, for uh, how long? SummerSlam. How long until someone kicks a screen out, like a missed super kick? A screen goes out. <laughs> they, they're going to be like, "Listen, nobody going to the audience. Nobody can wrestle out there. <laughs> they just got to stay in the ring. You can't go out." <laughs> so what do you do in a street fight then? Well, <laughs> I, I think that's where it's going to happen. I think when the Dominic Mysterio Seth Rollins match happens. They're going to throw him right into somebody's TV screen. No, I think they're just going to take it to a different part of the arena. I think the only dome part of this whole thing is going to be what we see on camera. Mm. But where the hard cam is, I think all that's going to be empty, obviously, because they're never going to shoot that side. So so people just walk that way. They'll probably go to the parking lot to wrestle. The way they used to do it back in the day that you're fighting in the concession stands and all that. Oh, like the great matches with Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan in WCW. Yes, sir. Where they'll fight in the here's toilets a, a in, the bath, in the bathroom. So when, you, <laughs> when you applied for the uh, to be a, a participant, did they charge you? Was it free? I didn't get that far because as soon as okay. because they, it was uh, by event. So the only one that was available at that moment was for SmackDown. Uh, so after I started registering. It, it just got to the point where it says uh, registration is over for this event. Try again. And it gives you a list of all the other events. Uh, SummerSlam was on there. I think Monday Night Raw was on there. A couple other ones. Mm, interesting. I, I wonder if they're going to start charging for this. I just don't know how much in advance, how much time in advance you have to log into these things to try to sign up for them. Well, apparently NXT TakeOver 30 will have the Thunderdome thing, SummerSlam. So as of SmackDown tomorrow, for I guess for each show after, they're going to do this Thunderdome thing. Yeah, because I was reading that I think after after SmackDown, because I think SmackDown's the only one that's going to be uh, taped in advance. But after this SmackDown, everything's going to be live again. Yeah. Uh, and they were doing, they weren't using the PC anymore. Everything's going to be in this whole Thunderdome kind of situation. At least that's what I thought I read. Now. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, it could be good. could be good. It could be good for even the independents. It could be good for the, the other Dark Horse uh, shows that were 
thriving and then coronavirus happened and put a stop to them. It'd be cool if they could use those, like if we get theatrical matches and they start using those screens as part of uh, the story. Because <laughs> right. they, they have full control of those screens. Yeah. So you yeah. could take someone, you could take somebody right off of that and just put some, I don't know, like let's say, again, the, the theme. Just start showing other images on those things. Yeah. Or you can just appear in somebody's house. They get somebody that they know that's a family member <laughs> acting like he's a fan. Put him there and he pops up from behind. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Some like Freddy Krueger shit. Jump right out of the screen and grab and choke hold. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be cool if that during like the entrance, they actually project images on that. It could be one like, like you, giant you, multiple you titan Titantron. That'd be pretty sweet. So many things, so many options now that you have by doing this. Yeah, it kind of looks like Cerebro in X-Men. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Locate every mutant in the oh, world and then they show all the screens. Do you watch Black Mirror? I haven't. Uh, that's a show on my queue on Netflix that I have to watch that I haven't watched yet. Dude, you have to, you know what you're missing. It, it's a great show, and it, it uh, at least the first couple seasons, they always hit on topics that we're currently facing when it comes to like too much social media, or the, the way that we're rating everything, like Yelp reviews and giving Uber five stars, and on you know watching reality shows, like different things like that. Yeah, one one of the shows was totally this, was just people. At uh, almost like a American Idol kind of situation, mm-hmm. and everybody that was tuned into the show wasn't there physically; oh, they were shit. there like this on screen. Ah. So now seeing this, it almost feels like when you when people joke that The Simpsons are always predicting the future. Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like when I see this, I feel like like Black Mirror predicted that we were eventually gonna go this way yeah oh. i think there was a movie too that had this situation uh surrogates with uh, Bill, uh bruce willis surrogates yeah and then yeah people were living their life through uh these uh robots so they were sleeping and basically living the life they wanted to live through uh through uh through an avatar wasn't a uh, total recall kind of like that too no total recall he was um he was like in a program. He was trying to go to, to to Mars. And then so somebody wanted to implant a memory of him going to Mars. And what it did was it triggered uh, his real personality that they had already put him under that thing to yeah. erase his real personality. Gotcha. Yeah, I've always liked that movie as a kid. I just never really understood oh. it. <laughs> yeah. It's all in the beginning. You just got to catch it in the beginning of the movie. It's it's there. As a kid, I didn't get it. But older, I watched it again. I said, oh, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. That's when they put him in the cab that he didn't know what happened. And then his buddy who's in construction tried to kill him. He's like, oh, let's go back. He went to Total Recall. Oh, really? I'm going to try. I'm going to kill you now. He's like, what the hell? Don't kill me. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, so. I didn't. I didn't bother to watch uh, the remake. I think it was a Colin Farrell, the remake. It wasn't I, I bad. 
Uh, it just wasn't the original. It wasn't Arnold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we we pretty much covered everything and then some. Um, this was a great episode 50. I want to thank the guys for, for coming on again and, and, you know, talking it up with me. I appreciate it, fellas. Um, and then I, I'm going to attempt, because I've been attempting this for a while and just haven't got a chance to do it to uh, attempt to record my third episode of my horror show, (laughs) which I've been trying to do forever, but uh, it just hasn't been, you know, hasn't been time, but I'm going to try to get that done this weekend. And uh, my, my website is now up and running um, johnnypodcaster.com where you can catch all the shows and eventually purchase merch for your boy. Yeah, that's happening. Um, <laughs> but um, um, the site's not 100% done, but uh, it is it is live, though. Um, so, yeah, so that's up. This was a great one. Um, and now the, the march toward 100 is upon us. So sometime next week, I will record episode 51 and get through all the weekend festivities of the world of pro wrestling. So... Ghost, Sammy, brothers, thank you for coming on again. We'll have you guys on in the future for sure. Whenever you guys want, the door is always open. So for Sam, for Ghost, this is episode 51. I mean, whoops. Rewind. This is up this was episode number 50. And uh I am Jay, and that is a wrap. Catch y'all next week. The SND Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends.